Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Sorry, I thought Tyler go because I'm not actually there. <laughs> well, that's the the fun thing that we were going to make a surprise, but I guess we won't. Eliz is recording remotely with us today. We're here with Eliz and Tyler Hymanson. <laughs> Tyler Hymanson. Yes, so that's what right. Ha- what happened was after saying the first purge, I'm too scared to be around white people ever again, so I can no longer record in person with Justin and Tyler. Ah, fair enough. Yes, she uh, she went off to a very uh, in theme city for sequel, sequel rights. That's uh, right, Vegas, Las Vegas, <laughs> where there's no white people and no white people ever came from there. <laughs> She's competing in several dance offs with That's other right. crews this weekend. So That's true. wish Eli's luck. <laughs> yeah, and actually, right now I can't see New York, New York from my hotel room, so it's almost like being on Staten Island, right? Oh shit! That's right. Did you take a fish truck to get there? <laughs> um, yes. If you can call my car a fish truck. <laughs> It's pretty dirty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I see. I see where you're going with that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're here with a, uh, another brand new episode for you guys, looking at the most recently released, brand fucking new movie, The First Purge prequel. It's a prequel. It is a prequel. Um. And this is another chance where. Uh, wait, is this the first movie? No, that- no. I I had that same thought. Uh. uh <laughs> Tremors. Uh, uh. Yeah, but. That wasn't in theaters. No, first movie in theaters that we've done was not Step Up High Water. That's right. Oh, yes, that's it, it wasn't Benji. It wasn't Benji either. This is the first brand new in theaters major release that we're we made it to the big time where in theaters is our first feature studio film. Yeah, we we had the uh, privilege to pay to see this movie. It was that's so right. great. That's right. So our opinions are real, not clouded by any press screenings or anything. That's right. Uh, well, <laughs> as we do, uh, there's only one way to truly know what this movie is about, and I think it's by watching the trailer! Tonight allows people a release for all the hatred and violence that they keep up inside them. This won't bring him back. It won't make you feel any better. Thank you. It is a night that is defining our country. <laughs> Citizens, this will be a tradition we celebrate every year. Join the first purge. Isaiah, come say bye. Go do your thing, sis. Always. I'll see you tonight. People are now calling this controversial experiment of legalized crime the purge. Do not purge! Do not purge! You and Isaiah, just stay with me during the purge. Oh, we're gonna be fine on our own. We are here with Dr. May Updale. She came up with this experiment. Is the purge a political device? It is a psychological one. If we want to save our country, we must release all our anger in one night. Tonight, we'll see the good and evil in everyone. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the first purge. Our neighborhood is under siege from a government. All right, it looks like there's another purge. Or, I mean, sorry, the first there's purge. The first purge, yeah. I'm sorry, the experiment. I mean to say that's right happening yeah. here in America. And I had seen a lot of commercials and a few trailers. Um, they ha- heavily advertised during the handmaid's tale on Hulu. Pretty, pretty smart choice. Um, but I had, I did not know that this was going to be like just one purge happening in like this small contained area of Staten Island. Like I really thought it was just going to be like the first purge 
everywhere in the United States. So I was kind of like surprised, but then I was like, oh, that's a smart choice. It really like narrows it down so that it's not so, you know, overwhelming, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, it, it- you know, I, I I recalled this while we were watching the movie, but originally, like one of the working titles for the film was called uh, "The Purge Island," I think, or ah. "The Purge Colon Island," or "Purge the Island," something like that. They thought people would get it too confused with that one movie with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson, the Michael Bay Platinum Dunes movie, <laughs> because. I mean, that's that probably was... why it was probably Michael Bay's ego when he read the script and he was working with James DeMonaco. He was like, no, no, no. There's no clones in this movie. <laughs> yeah. You can't call it the island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I did kind of think that was interesting. So we get a little. Uh, the movie... Yeah, the Escape from New York premise. <laughs> Super fresh and new. Yeah. You know. <laughs> for the purge sure kind of ish <laughs> um we get uh, the the movie uh you know opens up the same way almost every single one does with like news footage and some politicians speaking about the and purge. it's a countdown it's like oh this purge is gonna happen well they're all like oh they're hosting the first experiment of this new thing for the nffa right. and the people are calling it a purge yeah the movie starts with like a a, a crackhead oh right screaming at you a guy named Skeletor. Yeah. Which, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely ahead. thought that uh, the first person that called him Skeletor, that it was just like a insult, like quip, but then they continued to call him Skeletor for the entire film. Yeah, no, yeah, I thought they were just making fun of him, and like then he co-opted it, and he's like, no, it's a badge of honor, but I guess that's his name. Yeah. It was weird, like, the, the opening thing, the first, the first part I was like, oh, man, is this going to be some sort of, like, really messed up, like, commentary on mental health or something because yeah. this guy was like clearly like deranged when he's like asking him like do you want to purge or, uh-huh. or he says like i want to purge and then the the white guy's like hmm interesting word choice they just <laughs> want to make him crackhead joker like yeah. that's 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 his that's the point of the opening scene. but i'm glad they they kind of did away with that and it didn't make it seem like it was all like right quote unquote crazy people right. doing uh, the purge stuff but um, yeah, so then we get uh, kind of introduced to the world as it is now, and the NFFA has, uh, you know, taken over the presidency. Right. For the first time, because it's a prequel, Absolutely. and uh, they're testing out this new thing because the world is fucked, and, uh, you know, some people cannot have, just like we learned in the That's other That's right. The new Founding Fathers doctrine of some people cannot have. <laughs> some people cannot have. Uh, and so, yeah, they're, they're going to do this experiment in Staten Island. Uh, Marissa Tomei is a – well, it's unclear. She's a psychiatrist. Dr. May? Sociologist, okay. maybe? Sociologist, anthropologist. Yeah, Anyways, it's probably... her it's her idea, and she's the one that thinks that this is going to be like an actual legitimate scientific trial and not right. just a political uh right. theater. She <laughs> she th- she actually believes in the idea that that people giving this safety release valve is gonna be good for society and that there's data to prove it. And they establish early on that her and the pasty white man from the New Founding Fathers Sean uh, Spicer. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely the Sean Spicer of the New Founding Fathers. The man who in this movie gets the Razzie Award for most obviously acting into a cell phone where there's no dialogue on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. We're looking at the documents now. His name there's... is Patch Darag. The actor or the character? <laughs> the actor. <laughs> I think. 
His name is Aldo Sabian. Yeah, like he's he's the person who like if you took a photo of him on surveillance, it would look blurry no matter how good the camera is. Uh, <laughs> We're all the way enhanced, yeah. sir. <laughs> His features enhanced. are so formless. <laughs> like he's he's just a white blob, and and. His yeah, his whole thing is like you. The movie is trying to make revelations about like, oh, the new founding fathers are funneling money into like making people kill each other, and it's like we know this. Yeah, as purge viewers, we know this, right? But not as new viewers. Well, I think that um, the fun of this is to see that like you know, watching the purge, you get maybe you know, watching through the the franchise, you get the thought of like. Oh, maybe it did work at some point, and like right. people got tired of it or whatever. Mm. Don't do it as much anymore. So now the government is like subsidizing the purge. But then you, you know, in this movie, you learn like, no, it's been subsidized the entire time. It never worked, and they just want to kill poor that's, people. That's a solid point. Or I mean, ethnic people, really, yeah, even more right. than being poor. It was highly racially motivated because every mercenary yes. crew they let in had white supremacist yep. like stuff. It was bad. Okay, so yeah, we, we got ahead of ourselves, but that's okay. I was well, also going to say, too, I know this is a brand new movie, and we are just going to spoil the hell out of it. You guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you if you uh, worried about spoilers, just, you know, listen after you see the movie. Just yes. If you're worried about spoilers, hit that reverse 30 seconds button until the beginning <laughs> of the episode, and then put your phone into your glove compartment until you see this movie. Yeah, leave it there. You don't need it. You don't need it. It's, take a little staycation. It's too hot out for That's phones. Right, it's too hot for, it's, it's going to melt your face. For emails, just, just leave, leave it on the wayside. <laughs> yeah. So now that we've uh, given the spoiler warning, I think we can finally give away the biggest surprise of this film is that there are no white protagonists. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I thought that because, was pretty great. Yeah, it takes place on Staten Island, and so to have even... So anyone pretending to be like the main person and be white would have just been ridiculous. So <laughs> everyone's either black or Hispanic and you have a few, you know, Asian people uh, sprinkled in. And uh, it's really great because we've been saying now for several movies similar to the Step Up franchise, um, you know, this is they keep talking about how race is an issue here, but yet we don't really get to see it that much. Or, and the ethnic people have never been the protagonist. So I thought this was great. You could possibly argue that Marissa Tomei is a side protagonist, but then I would argue that she's not actually in this movie. <laughs> no, she's not. And you could tell that she really was on set for one day and filmed like her two scenes. And like, I yeah. feel like because uh, spoiler alert, she gets killed by the new founding fathers and he watches it like on an iPad. And I really felt that that was some kind of like, in production retcon like at some point they changed how she was gonna die or what was gonna happen with her and they just inserted that scene is really the uh, feeling that i got i don't know about that i feel like i felt that more in like there was an action an action sequence that obviously took place on stage in smoke um mm. but yeah she's barely in this movie. i did think that scene was weird because i thought like her character seems kind of like throwaway i guess like i I, her she she could have been anybody yeah and like the way they do that whole scene where she like she could have been played by kesha yeah and then the guy's like (laughs) i mean she probably could and and i mean i don't mean that i would love to see her be played by kesha i'm just sad that marissa tomei was in there (laughs) yeah uh you know she's too busy being hot aunt may now for this 
She doesn't. She doesn't need this. She doesn't need it. <laughs> um, I just thought it was weird. Like the the way that scene played out, I thought it was gonna like come back at the end. Like someone still had that footage, or I don't yeah. know something. Something like I, that. It was gonna be. It was so, gonna play into like maybe a sequ- another sequel. So the or thing something. that we're talking about is that Marissa Tomei actually believes in the scientific reasoning and sociological reasoning of the purge. Uh, what she finds out is that like. Something that I actually like about this movie is that they do the experiment on Staten Island, and people are throwing parties. Like people, like <laughs> yeah. nobody are actually killing each other. Just the yeah, one we finally got guy. to see like the petty crime that we keep asking for. Right. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's legal. Let's have sex in the street. Let's do drugs. Let's throw a block party rager without permits. You know, let's Stuff steal like from that. this. ATM. Let's steal yeah. from an ATM. Yeah, like it's yeah, like, and, and it, it was it was fairly innocent. Uh, and then the new founding fathers were like, this isn't what we wanted. We need to kill the poors. And so they release a bunch of mercenaries on the island. And she's like, well, you're fucking up my experiment. And so the new founding fathers kill her. Um, and Pretty brutally, too. They like yeah. like dump her out at a gas station surrounded by dudes. And then she gets shot in the head before she even the, knows what's going on. The hilarious thing about this, and I, I, I'm going to get right into the issue that I have with this movie, is that they... Uh, uh, so we get to see a lot of interesting purge lore and mm-hmm. how how things kind of play out, and they're halfway through the movie. They're like, "There's not enough people killing each other. There's not enough murder. This isn't what we wanted. We want more participation." And they release a a a bunch of mercenaries that apparently were the new founding fathers have a cre- creepy mask mask maker on on the payroll who's making mercenary costumes for various gangs that are hiding in a warehouse. I was going to say, the mercenaries up. were there the entire time. They were there the entire like this, time just hanging out in a warehouse. This was the plan, basically. And then it's like, oh, there's not enough people. Like, activate the costume people. I, I did, well, yeah... It makes oh, yeah. sense. I mean, obviously, there's a big historical basis for that. I mean, there's a reason that the Klan has always worn hoods, um, you know, to to disguise their faces. But, yeah, I did think it was really funny when Marissa Tomei was looking at the footage and she was like, interesting. They're wearing masks. Like, why would they do that? And it's yeah. like, duh, you know, <laughs> Come on. I know I didn't I didn't like that kind of like explaining like, oh, uh, I'm sure that everyone watching The Purge is wondering why they're wearing masks all the time. Yeah. Like. <laughs> So they have to explain Obviously. that, like, oh, the mercenaries wore masks, and now everyone thinks I, you have to wear a mask I think, during the I purge. Think, and it's an interesting thing where the what they're trying to do in the lore of the purge is that the new founding fathers hired mercenaries to make it seem like that the lower class and more diverse citizens of Staten Island were killing each other. But they release these mercenaries onto the island that are dressed up as SS soldiers <laughs> yeah. and Ku Klux Klan bastards and it's like well if that's your plan to make it seem like that that was the plan like maybe don't dress up as the most evil thing in the world and the movie uses it to it plays with this iconography like there's a shooting at a, at a black church that, uh, that was that 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 should have a lot of weight and poignancy and and i feel like that this movie is dealing with a lot of things that are important issues and 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 trying to face them head on and then it kind of drops the ball with them and doesn't really carry any of the weight with them and the only thing that's left at the end is the gun violence that like it's just like oh let's just fucking shoot each other type of thing yeah and it's like it doesn't (laughs) reconcile in the world that they've built and the reasons why it's happening and it's just kind of 
in a way, it's trying to engage with very serious things and that there's actual Nazis and white supremacists in the country dealing with things. And it kind of cartoonifies them in a yeah. way that, I mean, that feels like it's a missed opportunity. I think that it there's a lot of really charged imagery here that doesn't amount to something that I feel like says anything. It seems like, you know, we've had four of these movies now and it seems like, you know, they're, they're, they're small budget, but also like big major releases by Universal Pictures with Blumhouse producing as well. Uh, and it just seems like that's something that they're not super interested in, like diving really deep into right. because, I mean, they probably, I don't know, they probably think that the audiences don't really want that kind of like deep, uh, you know, political intrigue. And, Elis, like, I'm, I'm actually interested themes. about the, there's, there's a obvious jab at Trump. With, yeah, uh, I was uh, going to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, 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 I would prefer. Yeah. So let's talk about the character. Let's get a little bit of introduction. Yeah. And get so into kind of how that comes up. So we have this character, Naya, and she is um, she's kind of like seen as a leadership figure in the neighborhood. And she definitely is the one like leading the protests against the purge. And she's she helps organize, um, you know, like a sit in at the church where everyone can come to the church on the night of the purge and, you know, ostensibly be safe. And uh, her younger brother is another main character. He's kind of getting mixed up into drugs and he uh, the last second decides to purge um, and uh, he calls her and. And so she leaves the safety of the church to go find him. And she's running around in the streets. It's all scary. There's scary stuff everywhere. And at some point, her leg gets caught in some kind of, you know, crazy rope trap. And she starts getting... She starts getting dragged towards a manhole and there's a dude in there that is like trying to pull her in and he just starts grabbing like at her crotch basically. And so, you know, I've talked a lot about in these movies how it's really it's not it's understandable because it's a movie, but it's also like just seems so unrealistic that they rarely cover the um topic of rape and sexual assault um, being probably one of the crimes that people would do a lot if the purge was real. And so he's grabbing her and she eventually um, kicks him in the face and pulls out pepper spray and she is able to escape. But as she's running away, she yells out like stupid freaking pussy grabber or whatever. And (laughs) (coughs) sorry. And I get it. Like it's a direct jab at Trump. Like it could have even been 80 yard in actually the way that it was shot. And it It just feels that way. Yeah, but it really, I thought, cheapened that moment for me because I was like, oh, they're actually showing an attempted sexual assault here. And then you kind of find out that it's really just for a Trump punchline and that they're not really dealing with um, how she would react in that situation. I mean, she escaped, so I'm not saying that she should be, like, damaged and comatose the rest of the night. But, like, you know, they they don't deal with it at all. They just make it a throwaway punchline, which I didn't like. That was one of my least favorite. Uh, it, it feels like them like they, they hucked a water balloon on the White House lawn. It's like, oh, cool, like you said something, I guess. Like it just it doesn't land yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, that yeah, and said- I think we talked about this in the uh, election year. How at one point somebody said like really out of context like oh what a nasty woman it's like it just doesn't work like it's got to be in context if you're going to make those kind of jokes it's trying to engage on the level where it's social commentary and at the end of the day it's a b movie made for entertainment and that's fine but don't pretend to engage at the level that it's trying to and it kind of it doesn't ring true 
Yeah, and it's tough to do it with a major motion picture, too, because this doesn't feel timely anymore. Like, the pussy grabber thing was, like, I think over two years ago now. And, like, you know, just, I think yesterday, Trump made one of the Me movement, like, uh, you know, like, saying how he was going to, you know, be gentle because you can't do things because of Me Too or whatever. And it's just, like... So I guess it's good. Uh, we're going to talk about how uh, they're getting a TV show. They'll be able to do more stuff like that. And that can be a little bit more timely, but yeah, in a, in a movie, it just doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, so getting, Oh, go ahead. Justin. Oh, I was going to say, um, I did see that, uh, you know, <laughs> we were all kind of like that line was weird, but um, I saw a tweet over the weekend that apparently that line was getting big cheers in theaters. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, so, you know, I don't know. Some people like it, I guess. There you go. <laughs> I could see a packed uh, midnight screening crowd being like... Being, being stoked about that. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I guess as me as a viewer, seeing them taking the issues head on, it's kind of like a cop-out, I guess, uh, of that you have all of these things that are actually in the news, all these things that are actually happening, and I feel like that they're a little bit watered down, and I want it to... to I feel like as a mid-budget movie, it could it could have a little bit more teeth, but I understand that it's 2018 and and it's universal, and that's probably not possible. Yeah, what did you, what did you think about them uh, including Van Jones in the uh, in there uh, to I, try uh... to try to like to try to like make it more like realistic or? Um, I was like, whoa, that's a real uh, reporter. It's interesting. <laughs> and it, it gets into something that I think I like the most about this movie. It was uh, the beginning setup where they're talking about everyday people saying, like, there's protests against the experiment and and people saying, well, will it work? Will it, won't, will it not work? That there is international outcry against it, but it's still kind of going forward. And it had this eerie sense of inevitability and so i think van jones being used lended to that Mm -hmm. and made it feel more real yeah i mean this is something that movies do a lot right they they have these actual newscasters or commentators film like these little uh sound bites that they'll put into a montage or something and this was actually like quite a bit more than that he did interview uh, you know, Sean Spicer Jr. and Marissa Tomei, like <laughs> on screen and everything like that. And he had actual lines and he was trying to, you know, get say something poignant about about the purge. And I mean, it's fine. I, he's probably not one of my favorite uh, journalists out there. Uh, so I was just kind of like, ugh. but like, I, I think it, it kind of worked and they didn't make him do anything too ridiculous to like hurt his credibility or anything like that. Yeah, and I guess it was the first time that kind of. I mean, I don't think they had any real uh, reporters or news talking head people in. Uh, no, they didn't. In the other ones, because I guess those took place in the future, so yeah. it really yeah. makes sense. So. It, it grounds it in a way. I think that it was it was good, and and I think that something that this movie does better than the previous ones is a lot of people having honest conversations about. Well, could this work? Like, I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't really know what this is. There's people 
kind of intellectualizing the idea of it more than any other entry in the series. Yeah. I kind of sort of weird too. Um, Sorry, because uh, every time you see movies use the newscasters like that, it's usually from the same um, umbrella parent corporation. So I'm surprised that being distributed by universal, that they didn't go for um, uh, NBC universal newscaster. They chose a CNN person with his, which it would be like Turner CBS. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was sort of strange because like, you know, when you see newscasters in the Avengers, it's always the ABC people. Or when you see other universal movies, it's usually someone, from msnbc so i thought that was sort of weird yeah um i was gonna say one of the things you know this movie is a prequel and one of the things that i kind of enjoyed about it is that you know we've as the audience have seen three now four purge movies and um it was fun to see the characters especially um we have we have another character uh naya's brother isaiah yep who earlier in the movie has like a confrontation with Skeletor and gets cut by Skeletor in a really like kind of gross scene where Skeletor brings it's a fucked up. It's odd. razor it's, out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but what I liked about this is like, you know, um, what you're going to say something you lose. Okay. Sorry. Uh, what, what I liked uh, about this is like, you know, these characters, uh, this is the first purge. It's at this point still be calling, still called the experiment. They have no idea what's going to happen, and we kind of get to enter into that situation through Isaiah's eyes, who's going to go out on the purge and, um, you know, participate in it to try to get back at Skeletor. And I just kind of liked, like, hit the whole scene of him like walking outside where he's kind of looking around, like. I don't know what's going to happen. You, it made you see, it very personal. Yeah. And to get back to something that you said through his eyes, there's something that I love <laughs> yes, that this movie yes. did. Yes, and it talk about it, it, Tyler. It, <laughs> ma- it made it very, very clear that the government, the NFFA, was offering money to people to part- to stay in Staten Island and participate in the purge. Yeah, I, I enjoyed at the very beginning that I was like, oh, man, they really – it's super messed up, but <laughs> being a gamer, I was like, oh man, they kind of like gamified the purge they for game, these people. They gamified the purge. But so, then they don't really go too much further with that other than that initial idea. And but. so the idea that they came up with is that is that in this early days of the experiment of the purge is that not everyone's going to participate. But there's a lot of people that had social economic pressure to stay, and they were going to offer people 5K to stay on the island, to stay in their homes. There's plenty of people that are like, nothing's going to happen. I need the money. I'm going to stay. The next tier that the government was offering you is if you want to participate, we're going to insert a tracker into your arm, and we're going to give you contact lenses that will videotape what you're going to do. The more you participate, the more we will pay you. And so what this movie did is gave a strict visual dichotomy between the residents of Staten Island that were just staying there to – make money and try to outlast the night and people that were going out to cause harm Mm -hmm. for, for capital gain for themselves. Either way, it was government subsidized mayhem. And they were given these contact lenses that made their eyes glow that made them almost look like zombies. It was, it was a way to delineate somebody who was actively participating in the purge and someone who was not. And it, I think in a way, it's the best directorial choice that we've seen in any of these movies. Yeah. I I thought it was kind of silly uh, and silly. a little bit distracting uh, during yes. the first half of the movie because I kind of do away with it once Isaiah takes them out. But um, yeah, I thought it was a little goofy because yes. they they kept having these scenes of like Isaiah walking past windows outside and then. 
there would be people inside with the glowing eyes just waving like, hey. Yeah, that part was dumb. But when he was trying <laughs> to hide and there were people like that he was actually hiding from that you could see like in the hallways moving around, like I thought that was kind of cool. And I, I kind of agree with Tyler that it's interesting because um, I think we've made fun of, uh, the I did anyway, made fun of the last three Purge movies for having this constant stream of like, this person's about to kill us. This is it. And then, oh, now we're saved by this person. And then, oh, wait, no, this person's trying to kill us too. This took that away because you immediately knew if someone was trying to kill you or not based on the fact of whether or not they were wearing those contacts. And so this movie is the first one that doesn't follow that pattern, uh, which I liked. And um, also Tyler has been calling for more near future BS and these <laughs> recording contacts are definitely <laughs> yes, no, the, most, absolutely. the coolest yeah. thing. And, and, I, and then they got rid of them. I, but no, I just I think, thought it was dumb. I, think, <laughs> I don't think it was dumb. I think it was a good way to visually separate people that were good because – yeah. The movie, the movie. I think it's the, it's the movie dealing, trying to deal with the social issues in a way that it doesn't fully deliver on, which I've already talked about. But it gives a clear visual depiction of the people that are trying to kill each other and people that are just trying to stay there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I if get... you have the contacts in, then you're gonna try to fuck somebody up. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Just, just for. Just for me personally and my sense of humor, uh, every time that they were in the movie, it looked it looked like a not I, scary farm maze. Exactly, I was distracted and wanted to laugh. Like I thought it looked silly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So every of so not scary I, farm or Halloween horror nights. Like there were so many, and I, maybe it's just because this was the first one I saw in theaters. But like there were so many scenes and set pieces that I was like, oh, this is going to be a part of the maze. Like the teddy bears hanging from the ceiling and yeah. those guys like okay. through the windows with the eyes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, those are all going to be in the maze. Yeah. Elizabeth, that, oh, that's going to be in the maze. You, I'm going to stop you right here with these teddy bears <laughs> because, because we get introduced with these, like they're crazy. They're not homeless, I guess. No, they're just other residents of, they're the just Staten other residents of Staten Island. And like, so we get like the movie starts with this kind of, of whirlwind of like here are all the residents and we get to see them being interviewed by new founding fathers med techs and giving them their their purge kits and their contact lenses and everything else and we see these two older women saying that they're middle-aged women uh saying that you know everyone's always laughing at us everything you know like we're gonna stay here yes we have a lot of hate in our heart blah 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 and then isaiah stumbles into their kill zone i guess <laughs> and i guess the, their defining character characteristic is that they had shopping carts full of teddy bears uh, it was and like explosives. creepy dolls yeah that they rigged with explosives and then isaiah stumbles upon it and then they trigger the explosives and then he runs out of the alley unscathed and so i guess their purge is done I mean, we didn't see what happens to them, so maybe they're setting traps the rest of the night. But <laughs> but it seems like that two middle-aged women with no explosive expertise, that that was pretty much the best they could muster. Yeah, I just thought that was weird, too, because they're listening to, like, uh, Whip It or whatever, Let yeah. It Whip by the Daz Band. <laughs> and that's it plays, like, twice for that's like That's their seconds. iconic song. It's like, oh, like, this is the two middle-aged women gang. Yeah, it was so <laughs> weird. I, I don't know. That just felt kind of out of place, but it gives them another moment where Isaiah's yeah. like trying to figure out what's going on. So we've been kind of talking about the world that this movie set up, and we 
have not talked about the main character of this movie. Dimitri. Dimitri. D. D. Uh, so he is a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And He's like the kingpin of Staten yeah. Island. <laughs> and and it they make it clear that he is oh my god. A fan of basketball is not the thing I was trying to say. It's the eyes, Tyler. It's the eyes. The eyes. It's the eyes. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, so he's he's the, I guess, main character of this movie, right? Uh, um, yeah, I'd say second half for sure. Yeah, I think it's like him and Naya are the two two yeah. main leads. I would say, yeah. Yeah. He he's introduced and then he doesn't really come into play until later in the film after the purge gets started. Yeah, once Naya's in trouble. He, oh, well, yeah, a little bit. He that. he basically like he's a drug kingpin, and he says, "Look, we don't know what's gonna happen here. Everybody, stay home, stay safe. Uh, we're gonna be protected. You know, anything can happen. But this is a bunch of bullshit that I don't have to deal with. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not deal with it. We're not gonna purge. We're, we're not gonna purge. We're just gonna home. like we're just gonna sit on this, and it, it'll blow over. And through the process of the night, he realizes that that is not a strategy that's gonna work." Yeah, I did. Uh, I did kind of. So he so he gets attacked by one of his fellow uh, like gang members. Yep. He's trying to like take over. Yep. He hires these, uh, you know, he hires these prostitute girls to like try to put a hit out on him. Yeah. And it fails, and he kills that dude in like a spectacular Cold scene. Blood. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, see you later, a eh? boom, shoots him right in the face, which and I thought she, was great. It, no, it was it was uh, it was it a great. Shows- performance yeah it shows that he is not averse to this violence that he was against the concept of the purge yeah and then afterwards this is my favorite scene in this movie so he kills the contingent of his gang that was trying to portray him during the mm-hmm. purge and dimitri is uh and we see dimitri earlier he's 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 naya's ex naya is someone who is non-violent and and very much uh does not want him to d- does not agree with his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that Dimitri is involved with the community, but that he's also a, a drug kingpin, and he is he. So he kills this contingent of his gang mm-hmm. in cold blood, and he's kind of talking to his right hand man, being like, "Okay, so I just purged. It feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it feels great." <laughs> And uh, uh, so, like, they're saying that this is the right thing. And he's like, you know what? I can see it. Like, you could see him kind of – he's having a conversation after they're leaving this coup that they just had. Uh, and he's kind of coming around to the idea of the purge. And then they are hit by a flaming ice cream truck, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And they're caught in the crossfire with one of these mercenary groups. But they kind of tease the idea that this powerful black – man who's just like i you know i'm kind of around the idea like i yeah they might be onto something here with the purge yeah i mean i like that i i i really like the uh around this scene i really like the the turn that the movie makes here Mm -hmm. where they slowly realize that like whoa these aren't just like gang members from staten island these guys are have mercenary tattoos they're ex-military and then they basically like you know d like rallies his crew and picks up arms to like go take their city back basically yeah he's just like you know what like they're here to systematically kill us and i cannot stand for yeah because I, I i really thought that was awesome because you know we have never had really 
um, throughout any of the movies, even election year, uh, where they're trying to stop the purge with politics. Like we've never had anyone like literally trying to fight back against what's happening to them. Yeah. Other than just trying to survive. Like these guys are actively trying to like take back against these, you know, factions that have come into their town. And I just really like that kind of like, yeah, let's fucking go get them. And then it turns into like the raid at the end. <laughs> I really liked it. I wanted it. Yeah. To well, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it it really like goes back to also like they're seeing that the government has sent in like the clan and the mercenaries and they're like they realize what's going on and they're like, "Oh, man, they're trying to paint us, you know, poor brown people as these, you know, uh monsters that are just killing each other and we're all animals and they're like, "Hell no, like we're going to stop this and we're going to yeah. like actually defend the community and defend the neighborhood." I think it was cool too. I liked it. I don't remember the exact line, but when he was telling all of his men and drug dealers in the beginning to not participate in the purge, he was like, "Just protect your skin, your kin and some third thing. I think maybe he said, <laughs> and my product or something. No, I think but he yeah, said, your money like cool, and your product. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like, but it was cool. Like, protect yourself and protect your, your people, you know? Like, which we haven't really seen much of. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was basically saying, this is bullshit. Like, what we have is real and, like, take care of, even if he's a drug dealer. I, I guess my, I wanted this scene to happen earlier in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that D is a complex character, but this feels like this scene happens two thirds into the movie. Yeah, I guess I, I, that's true. It happens late, but also I felt a little bit like I wasn't fully expecting it because I sure. thought it might end up just being like, oh, these guys trying to survive out in Purge Night again. Right. But it takes this kind of more empowering, like, take back our city. Like, these people yeah. are fucking with us. Like, yeah. this isn't right kind right. of thing, which I think is, you know, a better message for this movie. Um, I agree, except that it gets kneecapped by the next three movies. Exactly. I was going to say that they, they can't really follow the, the, the ending is a quote unquote in, in like just watching the film, it seems like it's a happy ending, but then you think, Oh, but no, this continues for another like 20, 20 years. years or whatever. Yeah. It's not a happy ending. Like their, their rebellion in this movie did nothing Yeah, uh, yeah. because the NFFA just proved that it quote unquote worked and they kept doing it. So, right. It kind of sucks, but within the context of this movie, it was great to get a little bit of like no, people I, fighting I, back. I, I agree with and that. And getting to see that like there were people all along that were against the purge, even though we get we get you know in the first movie we get no mention. Is there any mention of people fighting back no, against no. the purge? I almost think that if I had not seen any other purge movies, I would like this movie better. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just liked that. Uh, you know, it get it's. It's a tiny, little, tiny ray of hope where it's like people were fighting this all along the way, but then you get the incredibly depressing knowledge that that fight ultimately didn't matter right away, but yeah. eventually it yep. did. But I don't know. Well, not for too just, long, just like because today. what the first, <laughs> the Ethan Hawke movie was only twenty twenty three, and so yeah. What did they say? What year this was? I don't remember. No, they did not. Yeah, I don't remember them saying. No, but it's got to be at some point between right now and then. So that's true. You know. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I don't remember what year election year took place. But as we said, it can't be too far into the future. So we got to hope that uh, something. Somebody, crossed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people still need to fight back. It'll be interesting to see. I'm sure they'll do another one because this already, you know, made back its budget and then some. Um, it did really well. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm sure there'll be another one, and I maybe it will continue with these characters trying to, you know, tell people the truth, or maybe I they'll would, just leave them and go to something else. 
I would actually really like to see that. I think that I actually like this cast a lot. I think that that Dimitri and Naya were both compelling. They were great. Yeah. I think that that Isaiah was really cool. I, I, I really liked Isaiah being our eyes of of like here's what's happening. And I, I really liked the idea that the, this movie put forward more than any other movie that people are good by nature. Like yeah. even even the purge is legal. People are throwing purge parties, and the new founding fathers guys like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, like, people are having like just hanging out because we only get we only get like uh, you know a couple lines about that in other films where yeah. it's like they're not people aren't killing each other enough, but here we get to actually see it. And I liked that you know multiple times our characters like go out into the night of the purge, which in this movie also only lasts twelve hours instead yeah. of was it twenty four hours before. No, it's always been 12 hours. 12 hours? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So yeah. they they go out into the night of the purge either to find Isaiah or whatever and also there's people just standing outside of their shops with shotguns and nothing else. Yeah. Where it's like it was fun to see people like they're not really scared of this that much yet cuz they don't know what's going to happen. Right. And yeah. I enjoyed that kind well, of Well, and the, and they made it the, the so Skeletor who's our big bad in this movie aside from the government, like <laughs> he's the guy who's going out and he's the agent of chaos who's killing people. Nobody else is like he's it, they make it seem like He's the guy. There's like one crazy bad apple out there. That's I don't know. I just said bad apple. I didn't. <laughs> um, but like, they make it seem like that he's the person. Like nobody else is really interested in killing each other. D even has a a, a line where it's like, no, like people are gonna riot. People can do whatever. But like killing's too personal. Like no one's no one's gonna do that. Just that takes they a certain. Can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um... So, uh, do you guys want to talk about a little bit? Like, do you, did you like that ending action sequence? It's kind of basically an action sequence where he's. I like, yeah, I do want to talk about this thing. It's it's pretty terrifying. I gotta say, like, I, you know, I'm obviously not white, but I'm pretty privileged compared to uh, you know what these people are going through. And mm-hmm. I think if you were black or Jewish, uh, this scene would be terrifying because they're, you know, they're all in this high rise tower and he calls them. Demetri calls the people that are inside and says, they're going to go floor by floor killing as many people as they can. And they show it in graphic detail. They show people on each floor trying to defend themselves against people that are literally dressed up as the SS, uh, you know, coming around SS every blackface. Yeah. 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 Coming around to every floor shooting just you know not even like people that can really fight back just like innocent people and you even see the head guy like going around and like you know double tapping and making sure that everyone's like really dead that they're not faking you know and it's just like like, oh god it's Yeah, and they're, you know, they're hiding. They're trying to board themselves in. They're trying to put mattresses in front of the door. They're trying to, you know, conceal themselves. And it's just, like, really, really terrifying. Like, I really felt, like, scared watching uh, this. It was just very uncomfortable and really, like, scary imagery, I thought, uh, especially with the historical, you know, relation. Yeah. Yeah. They, the movie makes a point of saying that the projects that this is happening at is the litmus test for if this experiment is is going to be successful. And throughout the rest of the, the movie is that nobody's really hurting each other. Uh, it's a neighborhood. People are close. It, it, they all just really, wanted the money to stay home. They just wanted basically. the money to stay home. And, and it was relatively quiet there. Um, I had – there's an SS – like there's a lot of iconography of, of – military thugs in like weird grotesque like 
Uncle Tom masks. Yeah. Uh, They're all like black face with like sad faces. Yeah, like, like charging weird. through yeah. here. It's horrifying. And there's a lot of iconography that's just... In a way... And it's after that we've already seen KKK members kill everybody in this, this black community church. Mm-hmm. Which was also another really, like, I mean, you know, obviously they're referring to the Charleston shooting, but there's these two um, these two characters that are friends of Naya's, a mom and a daughter, and they come out and, and say, oh, we survived, and they're terrified, and they they recount that they, you know, covered themselves in someone else's blood in order to pretend that they were dead and not be shot, which yeah. is like, oh, God, that is really, mm-hmm. you know, rough. And, yeah. you, you know, there's tons of stories of people doing that in a lot of these mass shootings that we've had Absolutely. over the last few years. So it's just mm-hmm. like, ugh. But so there's there's all of this serious real world iconography. And we see D and his crew. He's going to take everybody back. D's crew gets killed by drones. And then he strips down to his John McClane's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and and gets into a wife beater and gets a machine gun and starts storming this building mm-hmm. in true the raid diehard fashion. I did like that uh, they showed him carrying a bag of guns because I was like, that one gun's not going to cut it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but no, it's they, an they action gave him, movie. They gave him the <laughs> Solid Snake uh, uh, twenty four uh, Kiefer Sutherland bag. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he he he's from Staten Island, so he knows the project there better than anyone else. That's right. So he's going to enter through the back entrance and go right upstairs. Yeah. And, and what he said, it's a harrowing thing. He's like, all right, you're on the 14th floor. They're going to go floor by floor, killing everybody they want. So you have time. Yeah. But he's smart. He's like, get to the back of the room, put up whatever you can, find whatever weapons you can. Yeah. And that'll buy them enough. That buys them enough time for him to come, you know, help them out. Yep. I, I thought that the, the SS commander guy that we kind of see, like, at one point, D cuts the uh, power, and so we get to see, like, this strobe light. Yeah, I thought that was it. kind of a cool effect. Yeah. Uh-huh. I thought that this guy was maybe Big Daddy. I know. I thought he was going to be, too, and because yeah. they do a whole thing when he takes his mask off, and you're just like, oh, it's some white dude, whatever. Was it the same actor? I don't think so. Okay. But maybe it was his brother. Yeah, I know. I thought for sure that was going to be the same guy, but I really don't think it it was. It seems like that they're related in some way. Yeah, Uh, yeah, could be, could be. Some sender-looking motherfucker who also controls the mercenary unit. Yes, yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's not even um, Tyler. You sort of like misspoke earlier when you said like they're going to kill everybody they want floor to floor. No, they're going to kill anyone they Every- can oh, no, find. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah, 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 because yeah. they don't want any evidence either. They don't want people who yes. see like so. It's not even like oh they're just going to kill the adults or they're just going to kill the men. No, they killed everyone that was in the first thirteen floors of the building. You know, which is really scary. And I think just it a lot of people. When you have certain um, historical like atrocities in your family history or in your um, the history of your uh, ethnicity or community, uh, though even though it's not the most horrifying thing you can think of, those things end up being like your worst nightmare. Like for me, even though I can think of worse things, like my worst nightmare is like the internment camps coming back, you know, and like mm-hmm. Japanese people going back in the internment camp. I've heard from people. Uh, my friends who are Jewish that say, you know, obviously their worst nightmare is um, 
like a Nazi type party coming into power and doing a Holocaust again. And so I'm sure for black people, many of them, uh, their worst nightmare is probably the Klan running around free with nobody to stop them. And so in a way, it's like slightly... I guess it's bad to admit this, but it's slightly cathartic to see these black people and Hispanic people just wailing on the Klan, you know, (laughs) and uh, just like, you know, shooting them down with machine guns and, you know, getting a little bit of defense and retribution against these like Klan people. Um, But at the same time, it's then just kind of equally disturbing because you're like well you know i i don't want to be cheering for this mass killing either but it just i don't know there's just so much uh like so much imagery in this movie and a lot of it was very effective but i think there's just so many things that they reference that it it ends up being kind of a lot like you're just really overwhelmed yeah um while we're on the topic of imagery you guys want to talk about the uh director and the direction a little bit uh, yeah, yeah. This is the first one that's not directed by James DeMonico. Yep. It is written by him, but it is directed by Gerard McMurray, um, who uh, you know went to school at USC. He lives cool. With uh, he was a classmate of Ryan Coogler, and he was a yep. producer on Fruitville Station. Fruitvale, and then he did a, a Sundance movie called Burning, Burning Sands. Sands. Yeah, Burning about Sands. like yep. uh, frat hazing and stuff. Yep. Um, and he, you know, is a black director. Mm-hmm. So we're getting a new perspective on this franchise, which is pretty great. And I actually think, you know, um, there's at least two shots in the film that I thought were actually really great. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple times, uh, one when uh, Skeletor has attacked the the purge party and he finds Isaiah and like Isaiah is running away from him. And there's this like tracking shot backwards while uh, Skeletor is screaming like, I'm going to get you, Isaiah. Yeah. I'm everywhere. And there's like just the – it's like pulling back on the street and it just looks like a creepy like haunted maze Halloween yep. set. And yep. it's all foggy and it just looks really beautiful as Isaiah's running away. We're, we're like following Isaiah as he runs. And then another shot um, right when uh, Dimitri is about to head into the project. Uh-huh. Uh, I just think that looked really great, him like marching towards it and the project yeah, up yeah, in the yeah, distance. Absolutely. And, you know, there's some really inventive uh, set pieces. I liked the smoke bomb killing all uh-huh. the all the uh, clan dudes in that scene, too. That was really fun. I, I think... Yeah, I, I think... I, um, yeah, go ahead. One of the things we talked about in election year was that there was really no scene where we said, like, oh, that's such a cool shot or that's such a cool, you know, set piece or setup. Whereas this one, mm-hmm. I really did find myself thinking that multiple times during the movie. We, I know they talked the flashing emergency lights I, that was one of my favorites but um yeah i so i think he really brought like kind of new life into the franchise and Absolutely, yeah. i was really surprised that like demonico even wrote this because we've talked about some of the like problematic weirdly racial things uh from election year and um how you know it was kind of like <laughs> I I don't I'm surprised that there's not another co-writer credited on here. So yeah. it's like uh, Demonico either really studied up and you know just became way more woke and got better at writing dialogue for or ethnic he just people. Said, hey Michael Bay, you know what? Like how about no? How about no notes on this one? <laughs> we don't have room for any chicken jokes. Okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, like, ob- sorry, not honestly. Obviously, something has changed in the dialogue on yeah. a writing level. Um, and maybe, maybe some of it was improv. I don't know. Um, yeah. 
at the very least, uh, well, we haven't talked about her yet, but this comic relief character, Dolores, um, she's kind of the neighbor of Naya and Isaiah, and she's just like bewildered by the purge. And I think it's interesting because we haven't really seen someone yet whose only defense mechanism is to make jokes in really inappropriate situations, which is sort of like how I react sometimes. And the purge movies haven't had that yet. And she was doing that. And so it was really funny. And I guess she's a stand-up comedian so that, you know, she may have done that stuff, but yeah, just the dialogue was so much better than all the other movies. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, she was joking right around when they were about to get killed in the apartment. At the end, she was a little bit much. She was very expositiony for me of just like, oh right, like here comes the big dog of of what was it, Slope Park? Yeah, yeah. Park Hills, Park, Park Hills, Slope Park. I don't know. Yeah, and yeah, and everyone around her is like, we don't know who you are. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> We know who he is, and we know <laughs> yeah. that they dated. We just survived the purge. Like, leave us alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like that there was a lot of, of – it seemed like rushing to engage things head on and then doing a feint where it didn't quite do that, that I really wanted to see this be something that had a little bit more teeth to it. And mm-hmm. I think that that ended up disappointing me, kind of like election year did. But at the same time, I think that it had a lot more directorial flair. I think that it had a lot more world building that I enjoyed, and uh, characters that if and and actors that if I saw them that they were going to be in other movies, I would go see that movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, what did you guys think of the ending? Uh, you kind of talked about how they they come walking out of the apartment complex, just like get out of our way. I think I think it's the right it ending for twenty eighteen. <laughs> Where they all walk out and they say, "Now we fight! Like now yeah. we know, now we know the face of evil. We've seen what it looks like. Now we band together and now we fight." I don't think that it fits in as a prequel for the Purge series yeah. and as a franchise. But after watching the movie that I saw in the context of the life that we're living, then uh, yeah, that, I, I I enjoyed that ending. I wanted like it, it kind of fades out to the credits like as they're walking out, and I was like, "That's it!" Like I I wanted like yeah, I, 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 there is like a little post credits, uh, really early post credits scene with the uh, the president saying like, "We're gonna institute the purge uh, nationwide, maybe next time." But I I kind of I kind of wanted like a little bit more lead into either like another sequel or leading into the 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 quote unquote first purge, like the I original think, purge. I think that it's interesting that like they do this whole subplot with Marissa Tomei. It shows that she does not agree with the, what the new founding fathers are doing of of kind of propagating violence during the purge. That's mm-hmm. not the idea. That was not the intent. It's also a weird conceit that they think that there was actually data to it. Like, <laughs> they, like the, they want to make it clear that like this was the right. Somebody thought that this was actually a good idea. It, at some point. It's insane because if you know anything at all about experimental design, this experiment <laughs> was complete crap from the beginning. Yeah. There are like, way, 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 way too many variables, first of all. And if you're just trying to observe human behavior under a certain set of rules, you can't then pay half the people to have right. different, you know, no, outcomes. Like, like, she, she would be outraged, like, you know, way before. And so, but, so, so then she gets killed. And then, so Dimitri knows that there's that there's mercenaries. The whole projects know that there's mercenaries, and so you would think that that would be enough to undermine everything yeah. the new founding fathers are doing. And it kind of doesn't. 
get it, into that. I, I think that's why you know that's why I didn't like it because like you feel like there has to be more showing that like they're gonna actually fight this. It just kind of like ends, and you know since we know that this we, happens, and there's three movies showing that they failed. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it just well, felt kind of like an unexciting, un uh, uh, you know, uh, not undeserved, but just like. I wanted a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It d- yeah. It would have been cool if there had been like another press conference clip of like Dimitri and Naya saying like, you know, the government's lying to you and you know, we're yeah. yeah something like that. But at the same time, you know, like they killed a really good amount of people on the Island. Right. And probably another subset of the people didn't see anything. And so you've got dead people, people who didn't see anything and people who did see stuff and all of them are poor and ethnic and can be discredited because he's actually a drug dealer, you know, a right. known drug dealer, Kingpin, and like, you know, it's sad to think that like, you know, they probably could just discredit him and people just won't listen to him, even though he and, you know, however many other people are saying a certain thing. I can see it just getting buried and no one listening because like, I would, you know, we've seen that throughout history. I would say that that the way that they set up Naya of being a community organizer, it's like they make it seem like that she's the type of person that would find a way. Yeah, totally. She's I like, hope so. Yeah, but in the beginning of the I movie, mean, she's out, out with a megaphone on top of yeah. cars, screaming. Yeah, yeah, but they could just kill her too. You know, I I don't know. Sure, like, I don't know sure. what the solution is. Um, but even her, like, they could just say, "Oh, she's a poor black lady who is involved romantically with a drug dealer." Don't listen to her. Yeah, and white totally. white people in the middle of the U.S. would be like, "Oh yeah, I'm not going to listen to her. She's <laughs> a liar." You know, like <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah. kind of on that note, like. It's weird because we are sort of like right in the middle, the three of us watching this movie and experiencing it, you know, like we're not we're not like fully conservative, totally like hardcore white people. We're also not, you know, poor ethnic people living in the project. Mm -hmm. So our view is sort of like weirdly in flux. But I I mean, it would be really interesting to see like what, um, you know, the black community really thinks about this film. I think so far I've seen mostly positive things um, saying that um, obviously not on the level of craftsmanship, but that in some ways uh, it kind of shows what it's like to be black in America, similar to get out um, yeah. on a, you know, on a less uh, great I mean, level. The, the, the B movie version of that. Where yeah, it's, yeah. Like it's, sure. it's like, and I, I think that that's the thing I struggle with. It was like, do I want it to be more? And is it enough for, you know, it's just to be a fun violent thing that kind of touches on those things and acknowledges them and holds them for a second. And then like, all right, well now there's that. Let's, let's get down to, yeah. to the fun parts of it. And, and that didn't work for me, but I can see it working for a lot of different audiences. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I have a lot of questions about who the audiences are for these movies, like what the demographic makeup is and what is their motivation for liking it? Because some people probably like it, like just for the violence, and especially with this one, I feel like there's probably a huge like uh, divide between people that were like, "Yeah, I love those protagonists," and um, you know, I loved seeing all these clan people get shot down. But there's also probably people in America that don't even when they watch the movie, they don't like identify with the protagonist and they like it because they're seeing a bunch of uh, ethnic people get shot and knowing yeah. that they're not going to succeed in the end because it's prequel like those people are probably out there and like i don't you know uh, i don't I, I just don't know that's just i just putting it out there i guess yeah do you want to talk a little bit about uh our experience in the uh the, the theater for this 
Yeah, it was kind of strange. Okay, so we, I mean, like I said, we're pretty privileged. We saw this movie at the Arclight Pasadena. Um, (laughs) Um, first of all, immediately after watching Won't You Be My that, Neighbor, the Mr. Is, Rogers the, documentary. The theater equivalent of the white Oreo. Yeah. <laughs> so we literally watch like, the whitest movie ever and come out of it thinking like, wow, the world humanity could be great. You know, like uh, if we all just, you know, like are kind to each other, maybe the world could be a better place. And then like, oh, wait a minute. We're going to go see The Purge in 20 minutes. Like, what were we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we get there at the arc light and we're watching the movie and quite a few people left and never came back. And I don't know if it was just too violent or too triggering or whatever it is. But at some point, these two like white bros left the movie and loudly as they were leaving said, I got to get out of here. I got to go to a real purge. And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that was about. I don't know what they meant by that. Were they like, we're going to go kill some poor ethnic people? Or were they like making a reference to like barfing? I, I don't know. I, it was really. I mean, they were just it, was, it was a community poop that they had to go. <laughs> I think they were just trying to be idiots and say something funny on their yeah. way out. But I don't know. It was stupid. But they I thought, think almost they like. thought you were going to miss them at some point. Yeah. It looked like almost like six people walked out, though. And it was not like a super That's packed theater. Crazy. So. I, I saw this where uh, there was like four teenage girls sitting next to me. And. Uh, Oh, God. They were uh, very concerned about it seemed a boy had Snapchatted and they Uh-oh. were they were oh. all uh, collaborating on what the responses should be and Googling terms in terms of what he said. And uh, Wait, this is during the movie or before the movie? During the entirety of the movie. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yikes. Yikes. Well, uh, <laughs> and if the purge was legal, I would have some choice words. <laughs> but me being a middle-aged white man was not going to tell some teenage girls to be quiet during the purge. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, no. I mean, I know we're like wrapping up here. I just like, I just don't. I it get this movie just creates so many questions for me. I don't have the answers because I'm not a scholar of racial politics. You know, as much as I probably go on and on about certain things, like I, uh, no one, I guess, has the answers right now, especially with the way that things are in America. And it's just like this. I found this movie to be very stressful, and um. And even though it sort of, like we said, it sort of had a happy ending, I just felt stressed and confused <laughs> upon leaving and while watching it. So I don't know. Well, that being said, how many sets of spooky, glowy-eyed contacts <laughs> would you give this movie, Liz? Uh, how many pairs of contacts or how many pairs, individual contacts? Pairs of <laughs> contacts. Oh, of okay. I just want to be clear, you know. like <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So we're talking about 20 contacts total. <laughs> <laughs> so I will give this movie, um, I, you know, I don't remember what I gave the other ones, but I'm going to say I'm going to give this movie an eight and say that it's my favorite in the series so far. Oh, nice. Nice. That's cool. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this one also uh, six <laughs> pairs of spooky contacts <laughs> out of ten. What color are you going to go with this? Uh, neon green. Was, neon green. I like the green ones the best if I had to choose. I'm going to go with the Mace Windu purple. Oh. Of, I don't remember what I gave the other ones, uh, but I do rank this one right behind the second one. Oh, okay. So I think you gave the last one a six. Yeah, so I think it's a we seven. We did six, six, six. I, right? It's six, six, six. Mark <laughs> Um. I, yeah, I, I liked a lot of the things with it. I wish that it, 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 
I thought that using the imagery that it was using, that it had to engage on a social level uh, more than it actually did. That being said, as a B-movie, I thought that it worked incredibly well, and I liked a ton of the action. I thought it was super fun. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun as well. And, uh, you know, so did audiences. Apparently, it made $31 million over five days. Damn. And we know uh, right off the bat that there's going to be at least another Purge property coming. I think we mentioned <laughs> it a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, most movies have post-credit scenes that are, like, really cool. Or mid-credits. Or mid credit scenes that are fun little additions to the sh- to the movie. And we got an ad. Yes. For the first time in my life, <laughs> I saw an ad for a TV show in the middle of the credits, a straight-up, like, coming to USA <laughs> this fall, <laughs> The Purge, the TV show. And yeah. I was like, "What is this bullshit?" I don't. I thought it was really weird, you guys. It was I don't not know. great. Uh, that being said, I'm gonna probably watch that show. Yep. <laughs> it says it's a ten episode uh, special television event. event. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that means um, it uh, finite is just that. Apparently, it takes place ten years after this movie. Oh, uh, that's what they said. Did you not watch the trailer? Oh my god. I was running out um, to meet so you ten, at So 10 years after this movie, is that after election year? They said 10 years following the first purge. So I no, I don't huh. think so. I think it's yeah, got to be know. It's got to be before the election year. Cause she's I'm sure we would know this, this if it were happening, but I hope Juliet's in it. Yeah. <laughs> <as well>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So we might end up talking about that at some point in the future. We'll yeah. see. Do you guys have any, yeah. any further thoughts on the Purge franchise as a whole? Um, I had fun with it. Uh, I, I, you know, like I said in the very first episode, I love the concept of the yeah. Purge itself. Um, it might not be the most original thing, but like it, it's something that they could just probably make endless movies about and continue expanding the mythology of the whole thing. Like when they were doing the purge parties, I was like, oh, like are people just gonna street race? Like I want to see the yeah. purge street race movie where like all crime is legal, but if you make it across the finish line, like all the money is yours. Like, <laughs> That's right. And then it's Universal. I was like, okay, so there's a Fast and Furious purge crossover that they mm-hmm. could do. Mm-hmm. That would be really fun. I'd see it. Yep. Me too. Um. Yeah, Elis, what do you think about the franchise as a whole? Um, the franchise as a whole, I think, um, you know, obviously they keep putting more and more money into it. So the movies are definitely getting, you know, widening in scope, as we said before. Um, I first one is just so different than these other three because of the whole one house concept. Like, it's almost like it's a completely different thing um Mm. so it's hard to evaluate it against the other three but um yeah i mean i like this one the best i think the second one was the worst yeah i hope that uh you know if if they do and i'm assuming they're probably going to make another movie i hope that we maybe bring back grillo oh yeah maybe but (laughs) i was gonna say like (laughs) i hope that maybe we continue on with the 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 prequel timeline, I guess, and yeah, and no, maybe I, get to see. I, I love these characters. Yeah, maybe get to see uh, the building of the resistance and Carmelo Johns and all that. Like, it would be cool to yeah. to get even more like fighting back against the purge uh, stuff going on. That would that that I would like because we need more of that hope and not just people getting their heads cut off by guillotines in, in random yeah. alleyways and, and dudes <laughs> getting their faces blown off. Yeah, we don't. I don't know if we need that right now. We need yeah. more positive imagery. Yep. Even if it's the good guys killing people, that's fine by me. <laughs> Speaking of 
positive imagery. Yes. I think that we are <laughs> closing out the Purge franchise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and ready to announce what we're going to be diving into next. <gasps> oh my God. What's it going to be? You guys, we're doing our first twofer ever. And you know, we've never done this, like I just said. <laughs> and But the outrage at a sequel is too high. Exactly. <laughs> the only reason we would ever do a twofer is if the sequel was so ridiculous in nature they that... They made how many of those? Exactly. They made <laughs> two of them? What the fuck? <laughs> Who wanted this? I also want to say, before you announce it, that this sequel is probably the best sequel title or most ridiculous sequel <laughs> title ever. It's, it's extra ridiculous, which is why we're doing it next week. We are kicking off the, believe it or not, there's a Mamma Mia franchise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Mamma Mia, and then Mamma Mia, here, here we, we go, go again. again. <laughs> oh, God, you guys. I we'll be having what? the time of our lives. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we will. We'll be yeah. just like dancing queens. <laughs> Oh, God, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Whose idea was this? Uh, so we'll, we'll be we'll be here next week with all our ABBA questions. In the meantime, uh, Eliz, where can people find us? Uh, okay, so you can find all of our episodes at SequelRights.com and email us, SequelRights at gmail.com, with your suggestions for future franchises. And we're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SequelRights. I just want to give a shout out too to the hashtag two pods a day campaign. Um, they were kind enough to feature us. Uh, basically it's what the name says. They um, feature two different podcasts per day. And um, we had a lot of fun listening to some of the other podcasts and there's a peer review section. And so just check out that hashtag um, on Twitter and on, on Facebook, there's a Facebook page and uh, check out some of those other podcasts as well. And thanks to anyone who came here from there. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you in Greece. Next week. Is for... where these movies take place? Uh, is that right? I don't remember. We will for, see uh, you. Mamma Mia. Uh, here we go again. <laughs> no, that's the second one. I'm sorry. Okay. Mamma Mia. We're doing Mamma Mia. We're okay. doing Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia.